going to hit record now, and now we're recording. Okay. So, so that was uh, the bonus bit for the That people. was a little bonus bit for you Facebook people. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sure they appreciate that. Um, but are you okay if we talk about the fact that you're leaving the lake to go to another lake, which is right. a lot of people would, you know, that's a pretty dreamy existence for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there's advantages to being a lake year-round in different lakes, different variety of uh, waterfowl and, uh, you know. Don't you want to retire on a lake, Freddie? Huh? Don't you want to, like, retire someday and just look out at the lake for the rest of your life? I, I would, but... The number one thing in my life right now are my grandkids. I don't want to be too far away from them. So living on a lake and being close to my grandchildren doesn't work right now. How long does the uh, the grandchildren uh, lure hold you in? Uh, in I don't know. You know, I what, can't answer that 30 question. I don't. Ten know, years old. I, Twelve years old. Don't know. Uh, I'm it's not sure what you're. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm so. You know. Hold on, Fred. If I may ask, Dan, what are you saying? Like, when do you get tired of your grandkids? <laughs> <laughs> no. When does this this specific uh, location tether well, the uh, grandkids uh, location locator? <laughs> yeah. Plus, when does that end? No, it's more. When do they get tired of me? That would be. Right. That's. No. I think that's the bigger question. You think that'll happen before? I don't retire? know. Okay. All I know is that. Uh, as it stands, um, their faces mean a lot more to me than a lake. So mm. it just does. I just like being close to them. Okay. So that's my situation, and I like uh, where I live. But, you know, so how can how, change. How close is close? I like 15 minutes. Okay. The way it is. Right. I like the fact that in, uh, I could get off uh, this morning, have nothing to do, and drive over there if they were off and just hang out with them. Right. No, I think what you said about <clears throat> there will be a time when uh, Johnny Slapshot will be like, oh, mm-hmm. Grandpa, could you not come over and just look mm-hmm. at me anymore? Mm-hmm. Stop staring at me. It's making me, mm-hmm. it's a bit creepy now. It was fun early. Plus, <laughs> plus from, say, September to May, I'm not really that... It's not my favorite place to be by up there. You know, oh, on a lake, you mean? Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, for a different crowd, obviously. Yeah, it's for a lake crowd. It's, de- it's desolate and cold and isolated, and it's really not my thing. But anyway, who knows what the future holds? Who knows? Well, I know one uh, thing. The next uh, couple of hours are going to hold... You know, uh, I, can, I could this be little show. and there could be a national funeral for me within the next few months. Listen, man, I'm still trying to get you a star on the Brampton Walk of Fame. Baby steps. Dan, why don't you take over for a second? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shemong Lake for the time being. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, and HealthGate. And now, after Russia cut off gas to Bulgaria and Poland, here are two men who have been asked to shut off their gas supplies as a public service, a compassionate move, so to speak. It's Humble and Fred. Good job there, Dan. Way to juxtapose the fact that we're on the, the, we're on the brink of World War III with a fart joke, Dan. Uh, yeah. Retirement Sherpa is going to hang out with us. He's a good man. 
And uh, finally, we're going to talk to uh, that father who raised two kids that ended up in the major leagues, uh, major league baseball players. And uh, we were supposed to have him on a couple weeks ago or whenever it was. Ken Pompey will be here. I wanted to just open up uh, asking you guys, while Dan's still here, because I know Dan gets very indignant. And I need, and of course you, your default is outrage. So (laughs) I got a, (laughs) I got a, I got a note from, like it's an official note and I open it up and inside is a picture of my car in one frame and then a picture of my license plate in the other. And I've never seen it before. It's called an automated speed enforcement, an automated speed enforcement system Offense Notice, or Mm A-S-E-S-O-N. And it's it's not a red light camera. Mm -hmm. It was just somehow my... I I went through a thing on Royal York over here in Etobicoke, and I was going, it says I was going, motor vehicle traveling 55 in a posted 40 kilometer zone. So I know it must have been through that school zone there. Hmm. And I have a ticket now. I have to pay for seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that before, fellas? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a red. Well, I didn't. Delise got a red light one. No, I've heard Cambridge. of red light ones in Cambridge one night. But have, it's been in the news, Howie. They're, they've put those speed traps all over the city, and it's generating huge revenue. In fact, there's stories of people getting nailed in the same area four and five times. Really? Oh yeah. But that doesn't um, that that doesn't uh, no points. It doesn't affect your insurance. There's no there's it no affects your it, wallet. It affects your wallet. It's a tax grab. And you know what? Theoretically, yeah, I like what it does. You know, they put it in school zones and stuff. I know there's some areas here in Brampton. I'd love to see them. Uh, I'm not uh, disputing the fact that I got it. I was going, you know, I was going past the speed limit. I mean, and I know because I know it says posted 40. I know exactly where it was. It's Royal York. There's two schools there. One of them Spencer used to go to. So I get it. I had just never seen one before. Right. But I I guess my question, well, two questions. One is, um, is there a place... Uh, is there an app? Is there a Reddit, uh, uh, whatever post where you can find out where they are? And well, the, what? Secondly, are you allowed to fight these? Oh, you can fight anything, but I mean, what's your defense? Because there's the evidence right in your hand. I, it wasn't me. It was some wasn't driving a car. I don't know. <laughs> you were driving a car. <laughs> wasn't oh, driving. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but that's the that the that the whole thing is built on that. It doesn't matter. It's just the car, yeah. Be, because it's not connected to insurance or points or anything. It's the car that that car had a moving violation. There, pay the money again. It's a it's a revenue. But if you went there, Howard, today too, you would see that you drove through all kinds of warning because wherever they are. Oh, sign really? Saying you are entering a uh, automated uh, speed trap or however, whatever the, however they describe it. Really? Oh, yeah. I have oh, no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. And you say this has been in the news. Well, I've been busy researching. You know, I've been doing some research. Well, I've heard John Tory chastise people a few times over it. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, more or less stating that, you know, hey, the revenue is good, but the the incidents, the, the, the number and the, and the, you know, disregard for uh, the speed limit is disturbing. Well, I'm just looking now. It says set fine, $75, Dan. Yes. And then it said 
Total payable includes set fine, applicable victim fine surcharge, and costs. This is actually $95. So it's like everything else in Toronto. There's an auto, It's like you have to tip them. So I, I have to yeah. tip yeah. the uh, traffic people. Mm-hmm. You know, and there may, uh, if you pay it online, there may be even a service charge for paying it, paying all of that online as well. Because I think if you pay with a credit card, they charge an extra buck fifty or something. Okay, I don't know. I haven't. Oh, yeah. I haven't paid that, but I'm sure that's there too. Oh, man. Yeah, you'll be able to. You'll be able to pay that online. Um, but the thing is, if you want to fight it, there is a uh, an adjudicator that would will phone you. They'll do it over the phone. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Uh, when Delise got nailed, we were in Cambridge one night. I had had a few beers, so she's driving. We went through this intersection, and again, it was the, you know, turn amber, and then as she was entering yes. the intersection, and it was at night, this flash went off, and I thought, what the hell was that? And I didn't make the connection, right? Sure. But it was the, uh, it was the camera taking a photo, and then a couple of weeks later, there it came in the... Uh, in the mail. So you're saying she got nailed in the intersection. What about later? What about later? Any flashes go off? <laughs> You'd had a couple of beers. You've been, you know, hey, honey. Um, I'm by like, the way, I, I, by the way, Waze does. If people have indicated, like, I know that they have photo radar on the Waze app. If you're like mm-hmm. for red for the red light cameras, like they have it indicated, yeah. They have an indicator on the app, and also uh, if people report a you know a mobile photo radar, usually the speed radar traps are are mobilized, so they they move around a bit. Mm-hmm. So those are indicated on the on ways as well. So I don't that know if I may wanna... help you. Well, I, well, I, listen, maniac. I'm not a speeding maniac. First of all, going 55 in that it, I, that's a part of Royal York where it goes from a regular speed limit, and you come down this long hill, and all of a sudden you're in a school zone. So I know, and I was only going a little bit over. I was going 15 k over, but be, part of it is because as you come down that hill heading south on Royal York. It just kind of comes up, but but I will go back and check, Fred, what you said about maybe there are signs there. Oh, I think there has to there be. There has to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, next Monday, I'm going to Zoom court. I don't know if I told you this. Hmm. Five years now after I got into that accident with Spencer, and I've mm-hmm. been, I'm, at one point I was being sued for a million dollars. This thing has gone on now for five years, and now they're suing—not me anymore. They're just trying. What they're trying to do is get the insurance company to reduce her uh, liability or her culpability in the accident that I was in, which was her fault. That was what the police report said. But Uh they're trying to lower her premiums because I guess they went through the roof because she was a younger driver. Anyway, Uh but I'm going. Yeah, this is now. Why does that involve you? Because I had to give another deposition last week. I didn't tell you this. The insurance company calls me and they want to go over my story again. And now it's going to go to this trial. So next Monday, we're going to have to shut down a little bit early because I have to be on Zoom at 930 and testify. Can we make a part of the show? <laughs> we, sh- we should. We should just have their Zoom and ours. While I'm like, Mr. Glassman, do you remember the events of April 2017? Uh-huh. So have you been subpoenaed or are you yes. just been? Re- oh, so yeah, I got a little summons. Yeah, I got a summons and everything. Yeah. Wow. You know what's cool though? They give you a. I don't know if I told you this. So maybe I didn't. They give you a ten dollar check. I should bring it down tomorrow. I'll show you. 
And if it, they basically saying well, you're required to appear, but if they, for some reason you don't have to appear, they have an envelope for you to send the ten dollars back. <laughs> return. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> return yeah. to sender. You have to re- you no, you have to return the money if you don't need to go to court. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyway. Um, I don't know if I told you that story a few years ago. Uh, where I used to live, my old house, there's a road there called Richvale, and there's a couple of schools on it. It's a straightaway, and guys would just burn up and down there all day long. It used to aggravate me. In fact, I was walking up there. I'd yell at them, or I'd hand gesture to slow down because there's tons of kids angry guy on the side of the road you mean yes angry yes fist in the air okay and justified exactly but on kennedy road just just over which is a main road Mm -hmm. a main drag a section up near me where there's no houses an open field they always put radar traps there and i used to think they should be on richvale why are they here this is just like shooting fish in a barrel here on kennedy again you know, you come over the hump and you can't see the distance and there, there's the, the speed trap. So I actually stopped one day, right? <laughs> I went over and I asked the cop that question. And he was somewhat indifferent to... Uh, to <laughs> no, he wasn't open. I, I, I said, hey, but I just have to ask you the question. Like, who decides where you're parking? He said, well, we have designated areas. I said, why aren't you ever on Richvale? I said, it just aggravates me. Two schools there. This guy's using it like a drag, a drag strip. And you're, you guys are always here hmm. ticketing people when there's no people around. There's no school. There's no houses. Like, what's the point of it all? And uh, he's, well, basically, you know, he's told where to go. And I guess that's a very lucrative position. So screw the kids, basically, was the answer. Hmm. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and but his attitude towards me, it was just like, like he'd probably he'd he, he's heard it all before, you know, yeah. like, OK, say your piece, buddy. Get the fuck out of I can just imagine him, though, is like he's sitting there in his car in his squad car and all of a sudden, you know, some disheveled, you know, old man comes over and, yeah. and he's like, oh, God, what's this about? What, what now? What? What? I don't know why I'm here. You can move on, sir. Hey, as a part-time job, maybe uh, the city should hire old guys to stand on the side of the road with they their do. fist in the air. <laughs> they do already. <laughs> they yell at, yell the at crossing people. guards. Oh, well, they're not angrily going at people. It's, they should be. It's a guy like Fred going, hey, hey, this, this, this. That, that would be uh, awesome, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what they have? Uh, they have these signs now. They didn't have them when, we were, when my kids were young, but I see them all over my neighborhood here is the, just the little... And parents will put that up, the little slow down signs. Oh, yeah. They're all over oh, yeah. my neighborhood. There was a kid, uh, even where I am now in a court one day, there was a kid turned around in the keyhole and went by my place quick. And I was, I had a tennis ball and I whipped it at his car. And uh, it hit the car and he slowed down and then mm. he just saw me gesturing and he kept going. He didn't, there was no confrontation. But I'll tell you. The moment that ball hit the car, I'm thinking, what the fuck have I got myself into yeah. now? Because I just, didn't know really. <laughs> I just, was a kid in the car, but I didn't know how nutso he was, right? Well, well we, the one thing you did know is how nutso you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because if that kid stops the car mm-hmm. and gets out, you run your little legs running away. <laughs> and Johnny Slapshot was with me, and I'm yeah, thinking, oh, nice. this guy gets out. And anyway. Yeah, it's no good but for I anyone. I escaped that moment. Oh, God, that's great. 
Uh, all right, Dan, uh, we'll be back with the news in a uh, little while. As I mentioned, Nibblesworth will be here talking to uh, some finances. And uh, how do you raise not one, but two Major League Baseball players? Ken Pompey will let us know. Palm Sports is a company that puts coaches together with athletes. Be of interest to people listening, I'm, ass- I'm assuming, I'm hoping. Uh, lots of other stuff uh, going on. Uh, there's a guy uh, going to turn 103 years old. So I think it's in Ottawa. I read it on CTV. I, yeah, I think it was. He's a, a Canadian man. Served in World War II. And today, a gesture of... Uh, for his birthday, they say he's going to walk 103 laps around his uh, old age home. Wow, good for him. <laughs> no, I probably couldn't do that. <laughs> That's right. You want to go out there and race a 103-year-old guy? I don't know. I just thought it was a sweet story. I just thought, you know, is that what it, you know, you're in a home, you're 103 years old, and you're going to get out there in your cozy pants and just walk around your retirement home, and that's your day. Well, that'll be a... A big achievement for him, and I'm sure there'll be some fanfare around it, family and friends, and mm-hmm. people from the home, home cheering him on. It'll be a special moment. Yeah, special. <clears throat> yeah. Very special. Uh, I don't know why, but I listened to a 10-minute interview today with one of the organizers of the Rolling Thunder Freedom Rally. I was trying to find some audio for the show, but it's all just so convoluted. I mean, I felt... Like their argument is that not argument, but their sort of reason to be is that they're going to ride to Ottawa and take back the monument. They're a bunch of a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that serve, which is great respect. Mm-hmm. But they're going to take back the monument that's been desecrated. And I thought, oh, you mean like when the monument got pissed on and some people, you know, you know, mm-hmm. threw some shit on it, parked and on it, parked on it, and so mm-hmm. the authorities. You know, the terrible authorities went and they put up a, a, a barrier so that you couldn't piss and shit on it. So mm-hmm. now what they but they're so these guys, their premise is we're going to take it back. And kept and I, I, this is the interview that made me laugh because you go the powers that be. What are you talking about? You mean the people that were protecting it from other people desecrating it anyway? No, but they took their freedom away from being able to walk right up to it. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. But here's the part I wanted to mention to you, and I don't think you... I didn't know this, but the interviewer, uh, some radio guy in Ottawa, was saying, but why are you having Chris Skye speak? And that's where this really? thing... Oh, yeah. And oh, that's he's wh- still around? He's wow. still around. Okay. And Chris Skye. Chris well, Skye. It's shot to shit. Your whole cause is shot to shit right there. But the way it was, the, the organizer, Neil Hurd, I believe is his name, was defending it by saying, we don't have any, he's not part of this. It's just speak. It's free speech. He's just speaking oh. at the rally. And the interviewer said, okay, fine. But that guy said some horrible things about African-Americans and African-Canadians. He's a legendary anti-Semite, Holocaust denier. Didn't know that about Chris Sky. Doesn't surprise me, though. He's a fucking idiot. Um and the, and and they it was interesting back and forth between the two of them because the organizer kept saying okay well that's only a small part of it and the interviewer to his credit kept going yeah but you're associating yourself right with you know a, a sort of a, a pretty mm-hmm. fringe character yeah but i wanted to bring it up to you because i i hadn't heard chris guy's name in months no i had heard his daddy had told him to yeah stop 
That was the word because, you know, he's his dad's like multi, multi millionaire. And, you know, and uh, Chris lives off the family tit. And uh, apparently that's the story I had heard. Uh, You know, this is just, uh, uh, you know, I, I cannot confirm it. It is alleged that daddy finally said enough. Uh, well, he's speaking this weekend at the Rolling Thunder Bike Rally. And you know that uh, vile woman that was part of the uh, so-called Freedom Rally, the Dum Dum Rally? What's her name? Uh, you know, I know who you mean. Anyways, she's getting a special award in Toronto in the next couple of months for her, you know, liberty in standing up for what's right. Who's she getting the award from? Oh, some liberties, Canadian liberties. Uh, again, I shouldn't have brought it up without having it at hand, but the story's out there. I can't even give her your name. What kind of a reporter am I? When, yeah, you know what? You're, you know, the, you know the Chris. Don't the, beat the yourself. <laughs> hey, by the way, don't beat yourself up too much. Neither of us are reporters. Yes, but, you know, I sometimes I'm hard of one. Okay. But you know that Pat King guy? You know yes, I know. What I know the name? woman. I don't remember her name. I remember Begins Pat with King. Begins L or something. Lisa. And, uh, oh. Begins with an L. Do you want to... How, how about this? Satisfy your curiosity while I make... I want to make a, a mention of the guy who's turning 103 years old. His name is John Hillman. I'm not sure if I got right. that out. That's amazing. Um, and it kind of... And ties in with the Stats Canada is going to release the latest census today. And in 2016, the last time they did it was mm-hmm. the first time in our country's history that people age 65 and older mm. had out There was a higher percentage of that age category than kids 14 and under. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking to the census today to see is the aging of our population continuing in that sort of trend. And uh, I think it's interesting only because you and I are now in that category. And, you know, it says a lot about that. The census is there for many reasons, not the least of which is to set immigration policy and things like that going forward. And Right. Hmm. And, and I guess it also speaks to kids, our kids, having less kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had this conversation with my kids the other day where it's all going, you know, the environment and aging and CPP and all those things, you know, as the as the population gets older and kids are our kids and their kids will have it in their head that do you really want to bring more kids on, you know, into the world and on and on and on. You know, you when know, we, when you and I've I, I've only got about 20 years to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I probably have less. Uh, and when, 10 of those, I probably won't have the mind capacity to worry about it. Yeah, something that's already started with you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, our family, the Glassmans in uh, Moose Jaw, Henry Street. I don't, uh, we, not that we were the exception. I, most people, minimum, you had three kids, mostly four and five. There were a lot more fours and fivesies oh, yeah. when I was growing up. You know, mm-hmm. having three was just kind of like entry level, you know, families. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I don't know. I, I can't really think. I know one guy is a buddy of mine has four children. Mm-hmm. But that is now becoming more and more the exception. And most people are two. Mm-hmm. A lot of people with the one kid. Mm-hmm. 
lot more. So I remember that feeling sorry for family. I remember I'm not sorry, maybe, but I remember noting that it was unusual when you were like an only child. I thought that's weird. Yeah. I'm just a lonely boy, lonely and blue. Remember that song? Did you find out oh. the name of the woman that you were trying to think about? Yes, Tamara Litch. Right. Um, she has been awarded the George Jonas Freedom Award by the Calgary-based Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. Mm. What a pile of shit. Uh, Litch will receive the award June 16th at a ceremony in Toronto. So that. The George Jonas Freedom Award, the yeah. Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, that tells you all you need to know about that organization. Celebrating a redneck. I don't know where all my freedoms have gone. I, I Seriously, man, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do anymore. How, am I allowed to leave the house? I went out yesterday. I thought some of mine were in the shed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you put them away for the winter. They yeah, were next but, to oh. the uh, cushions. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, before we get uh, further down the road here, there's a couple things we uh, are going to get to. Of course, we want to talk about these people that give us so much support. Yeah, the Chambers Plan, uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's uh, number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, we're talking prescriptions, Okay. Uh, we're talking dental, we're talking travel insurance, all sorts of therapies are available. And yesterday, Rod Johnson, our good buddy, phoned me and uh, tipped me off. I think he called you as well. Uh, a new system they have where you can have your prescriptions delivered right to your home at a discount. Mm-hmm. Okay, so look into that. Just, just another dimension to this that is fantastic. This is why you must take the time. To go to chamberplan.ca. We tell you about it every day. But again, you've got to take it upon yourself to take a little more time and go to Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Find out all the things that are available to you and you'll be, uh, really, you'll be blown away by what it costs and what it gets and what you can do for your people and how they've done a great job of keeping the premiums down. Okay? Do yourself a favor. Chamberplan.ca. Yeah, I got that call. It's fascinating. It's just, as you say, another aspect of the chamber plan. Beside the amazing travel health insurance, which I've taken advantage of, but now there's even... They're adding stuff all the day. In fact, they were the first ones... Um, a couple of years ago that ever uh, we had this conversation about the teledoc system it's all there yeah. similarly our good friends at health gauge want to help you be healthier and uh, you know yeah you can get one of those you know fit watches or whatever but if you want to track more than just your steps and maybe your calories burned we recommend the health gauge phoenix uh, and uh, the company uh, stands behind it. Uh, this was a, a note I just I put it in, in my health gauge file. But this is a kid who sent us a note a couple weeks ago, Zach Altilia. And I just want to say again, he said, my health, cage, my health gauge came in yesterday and I love it. It only took this 39-year-old to have open heart surgery to get one. But I love this product. Love the show. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Tim Daniels, says Zach. You'll thank Tim as well. And right now, he'll give you 15% off at checkout using the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG. It's 15% off at checkout at healthgage.com. Here's a lonely boy. Lonely boy, lonely boy. Um, significant uh, announcement yesterday. Howard, uh, you've been around the city for a long time. The significance of Ryerson University. Yeah. Again, 
more so for me because uh, growing up in the city and then being interested in broadcasting, you know, the RTA, as they called it at the time, Radio Television Arts Program at Ryerson was sort of the, the big one. That was the gold that's standard. The, that's where everybody wanted to go. Yep. I didn't. I went to Seneca College. But Ryerson, again, right where it was located, just like a focal point, and you know they, you know, and had the nickname Rye High. Mm-hmm. That's where anyway, you and they I announced did. yesterday that the new name will be the uh, Toronto Metropolitan University. So Edgerton Ryerson is pushed into the into the uh, you know the scrap heap. And of what did history. he do? What did Edgerton do? He did something, something to do with slavery. I mean, really, part of the the cancel culture thing, which. You know, we promote, uh, uh, promote ourselves as these, you know, compassionate, you know, logical, even thinking people. But that the cancer culture thing, it, it, it bothers me a bit. Some of this stuff, because, again, that was then. This is now. And Ryerson <laughs> University has a long history in Toronto. And I don't know if I'm completely thrilled with that. At the end of the day, I don't care, really, but it just seems weird to me that 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 will be erased. So now when people say I go to Toronto Metropolitan, it'll be like, wow, what's that? Oh, right. Ryerson. Ryerson University. Yeah. Um, First uh, of all. Yeah. So it's it's a significant thing in the history of this city. For sure. Um, When I was a kid in Moose Jaw, thinking about getting into radio. Uh, before I actually got a job in radio, I was told by some friends of my brothers that there was two places to go for broadcasting. One was Ryerson, and what, what's the other one? Isn't there one in London? Fanshawe. Oh, okay. So there was. So mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, but I'm just saying, even in Western mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. Um, because the guy that was advising was a friend of my older brother's. Uh, not David, but the middle brother, Stephen. Right. He was a disc jockey. He came from out here, and he said Fanshawe or Ryerson. So I'd heard mm-hmm. of it. I knew it was like a, a big broadcast thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really... Uh, so obviously, it has no. It doesn't have the, the meaning. I, well, I didn't grow up here, so calling it Ryerson or not doesn't matter to me. But this idea of, well, you know, we have these institutions. That was long ago. Like, I'm just trying to read here what was the problem with Edgerton Ryerson. But it's, you know, in, in, in 20 years of it, once it's the Metropolitan University, no one will ever care or remember what it was called, except for the fact that the guy it was named after in his time it may have had, you know, owned people. And, and, you know, maybe we're not into the, the mode of honoring that anymore. That's all. All right. I, I would say going forward, that's my thing. It's it's. And it's a slippery slope. Who decides what the line is? So if you, you know, take it upon yourself to launch a campaign against somebody, everyone is so scared of being accused of this or that or supporting this or that or standing behind this or that, that they just sort of buckle quickly. So that's the part of it that bothers me. Who draws the line, and it's a very slippery slope. Yes, it is, except, you know, again, we're, it's, you know, we're, I mean, you you and I are not indigenous, I'm just looking at the article, indigenous people that, you know, right. felt offended by it, but maybe it was just for, again, let's say we were, like, let's say it was something that was so offensive to us that every time we heard the name, it's like, oh yeah, that guy, you know, that wiped out 
you know, I, I don't know what he did, and I, and I don't, I, I can't see it. So, but he did something that is, you know, obviously is uh, offensive to a community. And as far as it being a slippery slope, I mean, you know, I don't know. Is there a lot of ambiguity around what what they're changing the name? Uh, I mean, you know, people saying I don't want to have his name on my degree and. Yeah, um, and I think that's what you're going to see going forward. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of institutions now named not for people. (laughs) Just in case somewhere along the line something pops up that that person did. And I apologize. By the way, I I apologize as a reporter. I don't know the actual story. And I think I sound stupid not knowing what exactly he's been released for. I'm sure it had something to do with slavery and indigenous people. Yeah. Um. Oh, I see. Edgerton Ryerson. Fine. Oh, thank you. I finally got it. Edgerton mm-hmm. Ryerson is considered one of the primary architects of the residential school system. That, yes, that yes. sentence alone, mm-hmm. that would be enough. Like, you know, if you think about it in principle, like the things that he did that caused a lot of people harm and death is no longer, you know, being honored. And if you're an indigenous person, you don't want that. Why, why, what, and what does it cost? What cost is there by removing the name other than someone who grew up here, rye high, all that stuff, as you said, mm-hmm. that's erased. I know. And they're going after Sir John A. Macdonald. A, lot, a few of his statues have been removed from places. And, um, as I, as I say, going forward, it just might be a good rule of thumb to name, play, uh, name places, uh, like, toronto metropolitan university that way after naming it after a person somewhere down the line you'd find out that they did something that nobody knew about and some relative uncovered it or found out or because even him being an architect of the residential school system that's been known forever but didn't become an issue until recently you know what i mean not that that makes it any less sure but now we're into this thing where people are actually searching for things that people have done that have buildings named after them. Because you hear it all the time. And that's the slippery slope thing. And again, at the end of the day, I don't care like what they call Ryerson. It's, uh, I just found that significant because Ryerson was such a, well, a huge focal point of young people in, uh, in the city. And and, and now, can and can now it's st- no more can still be a focal point. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With the name Toronto, uh, what are they calling it? Toronto. Well, so, you know, and I grew up with the uh, words Metropolitan Toronto. Back when we were kids, it was the Metropolitan mm-hmm. Toronto Police, right? That's what yes. they said on police cars. Um, Toronto Metropolitan University (TMU). Yeah. By the they way, sort I, of flipped the Toronto and Metropolitan. You know, that's where we met uh, Danger Boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were broadcasting from the campus. This is really early on, mm-hmm. like early, early 90s. And this kid mm-hmm. came up to us. And uh, for some reason, he had bananas. I just remember that. He was wearing a, he had his Tam O'Shanter hat. Mm-hmm. And he had some bananas for us. And he said, I brought you bananas. And we went, you can be our intern. That's all it took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I get, did anyone that went to um, Ryerson University, were they, were they, sort of endorsing or you know uh, were they 
okay with the residential school um, situation? Well, you make like the before, point. Before you go there, should you should you have been aware of that and maybe not gone to that school because but, of the, but here's the difference the name and 40 years ago or 50 years ago when you might have thought of going there you weren't going to be like turned off no. if you but but also mm-hmm. 40 or 50 years ago indigenous people didn't have a voice didn't speak up no, i'm heard I, I mean listen you know we had this uh, you sent me this story i'm not sure if we, we've got time to get into it now but you know there's at some point we should discuss that article about the you know as i've said on the show a million times anti-semitism is a much bigger bigger issue than people talk about. Oh, but I, but I'm, again, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I identify with it, but I kind of don't. I mean, I'm not really. But I can imagine if you were, you know, if that was called something from history where it was offensive to Jewish people, and at some point they went, you know, we're we're kind of tired of that. I can imagine that, you know. Maybe a, a marginalized group didn't feel powerful enough to speak out. And that's what you're seeing now. A lot of people are speaking out. That's why you're not calling them the Washington Redskins anymore. No, and I, I don't even it. know the point I'm making about anti-Semitism. No, I'm saying like you saying. and I are generally not part of a marginalized group. I mean, I am because I'm Jewish, mm-hmm. but it doesn't affect <clears throat> me day to day. I'm not mm-hmm. pulled over by the police because of how I look. But just look at the, how that issue has evolved. Number one, Edgerton, Edgerton Ryerson did that, and at the time probably thought that it wasn't a problem, whether that's right or wrong. I mean, honestly, you know what I mean? The whole regi- residential schools, some people thought that was a good idea at the time. And I'm not defending it. No, no, but, but at so, the time. Yeah, they said, well, we're going to you know, take the Indian out of them. That's right. how they so said then, it. W- then they build a university, and I'm sure there was some sort of committee. Who are we going to name it after? So I'm sure they were aware of, on some level, what his responsibilities were or what he's responsible for and, uh, and decided that, oh, yeah, he was part of that residential school thing. But, oh, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And how many years ago is that, be it 40, 50 years ago, that they named that, that the institution? And it's just how the, those issues have evolved now that's turned into 50 years later taking the names mm-hmm. off things. Yeah, uh, I, I, I get it. And, you know, part of the reason that it was taught, the, the statue was taken down was when just after they discovered the, um, you know, the indigenous children buried on the site of a former residential sure. school. Like, mm-hmm. so again, if you're part of that group, can you, uh, you can imagine in 2021 and two, you're like, fuck this shit. <laughs> you know, really? Mm-hmm. Like, we, you, mm-hmm. you, you killed a bunch of children in the name mm-hmm. of you know, de-Indianizing them. Right. Well, I can, you know, you can see, again, you and I are, have the benefit of not having been, you know, a, a lifetime of sort of marginalized whatever. <laughs> well, when I ask the question, who draws the line, I guess whoever draws the line, that's well over it. So that's why it changed. It's going to be the fuzzy lines that uh, I, I guess are going to create the issues. Yeah, and as far as naming you know, buildings and such going forward. Yeah, maybe they're going to have to be consider a different thing. How is this going to look in 40 years or 50 years? Mm-hmm. Like, did, Absolutely. Does this, did this person bury any bodies outside of a school? Well, the due <clears throat> diligence now that's got to go into that, it's just going to be a lot easier. It's like, you know, we, th- we think this person is worthy of having a, the, uh, the school named after them, but who knows? Why don't we just name it, you know, the Oak Street School now? Like, screw it. 
Yeah, why not? And then, but then they'll find out that something ha- happened on Oak Street. You know what I often think of here in Brampton when I drive by Peter Robertson Boulevard? Oh, I Peter. just think him endorsing one night, drinking and driving. I remember at the lacrosse game, uh, the Brampton Excelsiors won the championship. And I don't know what you're talking to, about. Let's go to the beer garden. Everybody go to the beer garden, enjoy themselves, and then we're going to have a caravan through the streets That's of Brampton right. honking our horns and celebrating. <laughs> now, this is a man that has a street named after him who endorsed drinking and driving after a lacrosse Let's championship. Get rid of the street sign. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I remember, you know what, he I, he was such a good guy for us. Just a oh, yeah. sweet character on our show. Mayor Pete used to come on. I'm still, um, from what I understand, he's still around. But if we said hello, he wouldn't know who no. we are, unfortunately. Oh, yeah? That's too bad. Well, it's going to happen to everybody. Um, okay, uh, waiting for Ken Pompey. He's uh, here. Let me just, let's see if today... Mr. Pompey's uh, audio is going to work. Ken Pompey, as I mentioned earlier, very interesting. The father of Dalton and Tristan. Hey, Ken Pompey, how are you? Hey, there he is. I'm doing absolutely amazing, guys. How are you doing? We're very great. Um, thanks for, uh, you know, there was a little audio trouble last week, and uh, it's good to have you back. It's quite a story. Um do you relate because you're the father of, of two kids that became successful elite athletes? And it's going to sound strange. Did you have you seen King Richard, by the way, the movie? Uh, uh, no, my wife's seen it with uh, my boys, but I haven't seen it yet. Because I, uh, I was going to ask, do you relate to that? Like the story of raising young um, athletes? It's, you know, the fact that you did it once, but twice, it's, it's really remarkable. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I relate to it. I relate to it immensely, only because you know I went through it firsthand from scratch, literally from scratch. I mean, from uh, Vancouver, putting a ball on a tee. I never hit a baseball in my life prior to putting a ball on a tee in Vancouver when Dalton was four and a half years old. But it was my wife's idea to uh, to get to get Dalton into baseball at the time. So. Um, from that, I kind of took a business approach, and uh, I was successful at it, mm. you know. And now it's, it's up to the boys. It, after after the kids turn eighteen, they're literally on their own. They make the decision. I can't say you're going to practice. You get to bed. They're grown ups now. Mm-hmm. They've got to make that decision. Yeah, but I'm really ready. Now, there's a fine line, isn't there? Because the kid shows potential, and then as a parent, you want to encourage them, but you don't want to go go overboard because you don't want to turn them off because you see that happens to a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they have passion for a sport. They want to play the sport, but then when they show that pota- potential, sometimes coaches or parents lean on them too heavy, and it turns them off. How did you handle that? Well, I, <clears throat> I handled it where it was I was like uh, one of those dads who wanted to be with his kids all the time. So it was not strictly out of love. It started out of love. And uh, I would motivate them by saying, okay, uh, we'll go hit the ball, and then we can go to, uh, uh, to Dairy Queen after. We can, mm, right. we can have, some, you know, have some, some fun that they wanted to. They wanted to. But dad wanted to spend time with them, and this is how I spent time with them. 
Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the first time <clears throat> I, uh, I brought Tristan into the fold. He was about two and a half years old. Dalton and I were, were playing catch and hitting the ball off the tee. And I said, Tristan, come on over. Uh, he came over. He was hitting the ball with his right hand. And I said, no, you got to hit it from your left hand. And he threw the bat. He threw the bat down because he didn't want. He didn't want to play because he was uncomfortable. Right. But so I just let it go again. You know, not forcing anything. Always doing it at their pace, what they wanted to do, and uh, negotiated, negotiated everything. <laughs> Right. I bet. When did you know? And again, a lot of parents listening, you know, all 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 of us thought our kids were, you know, this one they're gifted. And and, and when did you feel, or when was it noted in uh, their development, Dalton and Tristan, um, that they had more than just regular potential? They were more than just going to be kids playing little league. When did they get sort of recruited, or when did you see some potential? Okay, I saw potential in in Dalton just by him uh, him wanting to learn. For, for example, uh, when I put when I first put the ball the bat in Dalton's hand, he's a right-handed kid, uh, adult now. Um, I put it in his left hand, <clears throat> no complaints whatsoever. But he took the bat, put it in his left hand. He swung the bat, hit the ball off the tee, and uh, it went well. Uh, that was my first sign that, uh, okay, this guy takes the instruction really well. So, you know, and he's four and a half years old. So hopefully if this continues, uh, he will go far because he will take mentorship. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I still I indulge. Uh, with Tristan, it was actually the opposite. Tristan did not take to uh, following direction early in life. He did, he did his own thing, like I said, put the ball back in his hand. And because he wasn't comfortable hitting it from his left hand, he threw the bat down, and he went and played it in the stand. And uh, that was cool. But eventually, if he wanted to partake in activities with his dad and his brother, he needed to mm-hmm. play the game, so to speak. Otherwise, he'd be left on the sideline playing in the park, uh, playing in the, in, in, the, in the dirt while his brother and I are playing baseball. And let's just be clear for those listening. Dalton uh, actually played for the Blue Jays. So, what did they? What did they achieve? What level of baseball did they achieve? Dalton actually played for the Blue Jays. Tristan, where did they end up? Okay, uh, <clears throat> Dalton got drafted by the Blue Jays in 2010 in the 16th round, uh, uh, and that, that, that's not a high draft pick by no means. So, but I knew that, and. Tristan, uh, he got drafted by the Miami Marlins in the third round. That's a high draft, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. great. Um, so Tristan is with the Miami Marlins presently, and he's playing baseball in the minor league uh, uh, camp. Dalton, uh, up until last year, was the angel. Um, like, you know, I, I just, uh, Freddie, just do me a favor because it can, and I don't want to keep harping on your audio, but it's just marginally, no, 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 it's just no, marginally better than it was last time. So Freddie, do me a favor, just pause in between. Cause I've got him. So I've got his volume way up. Oh, okay. So, so we, we've established that you've, uh, mentored and coached fathered these two major league baseball level athletes. And now we've got a Rishi Sharma is just hanging out here. One of the reasons we wanted to get Ken on is because of this this thing that you've invented, not invented, you've created called Palm Sports. And uh, Rishi Sharma, maybe maybe you could talk a little bit, Rishi, if you don't mind, 
about yeah. what, what your role with Palm Sports is. And then, Ken, maybe just give us some ideas back and forth about how people can uh, benefit from your experience in the world of coaching. Uh, Rishi, why don't you start? Absolutely. So my job here is the visionary behind Ken and the Pompey way. I like to call Ken's method of getting, you know, not only one son to the MLB, but he's got two sons into the MLB. So by any means, he's not been lucky. It takes effort. It takes strategy. It takes a lot of resources to be able to get two sons, two kids into major league sports on any level. Mm -hmm. So what we've done, what our team has done at Palm Sports is we've taken the Pompey way, essentially all the methods that Ken has used to get his sons into the major leagues and we've put it in a in an app and the main thing our app does here is that we are able to connect our audience our users parents kids youth everyone with coaches that they need ken's sons had to use a plethora of court coaches to try to get their skills and development up but it's hard to find those coaches. It's hard to pay for those coaches. And it's hard to keep using those coaches on a regular basis. So for any parents who want their kids to develop their skills in any sport to have a chance to make it to the major leagues, you can find the coach on our app, any coach, to be able to do that. Wow. If you're a kid, a youth, looking for you know some mentors, some uh, wow. coaching development, hop on our app and find a coach that suits your needs. And if you're a coach and you want to make some money training athletes, Join as a Palm Sports coach because you get paid for every single training session you complete with a, with an athlete here. We're like the Uber for coaches, you can basically say. Now, Rishi, I've seen, I'm going to mention one in a second, but I've seen platforms like this for the sport that yeah. I'm obsessed with, which is golf. There's, <laughs> you, you can basically go online and get online coaching from uh coaches all over the world so ken is that kind of sort of you're, you 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 have a platform where coaches can find uh clients and you have a platform where clients is this just for kids or for people can of any age oh it's uh for people of any age uh kind of like yourself i played golf as well i had uh, i hired a coaches one year i played a hundred rounds what? just so i could get a hundred rounds <laughs> yeah if you play you know what i'm talking oh, about oh i do yeah, so that I can get the swing of because I, I, I got into golf late in life. Uh, but if I'd had a, a coach, well, I went out and found a coach. But if I didn't know how to find a coach, yes. the app would, would, would make it possible for me to just go on my phone and uh, find, a, find a golf coach and find out what his rate is, find out how good he is, and start using his services. Amazing. And that's what Pompeii or Palm Sports does for any any sports fred no and i guess you know there's a certain degree of vetting that goes on here as well with these coaches right i mean their ability their background all the things that people worry about nowadays security all that yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and the great thing about that is i just want to mention that the more well the better a coach you are the more your potential income can be Mm -hmm. on our app so of course you know the highest level of coaches the highest expertise um, they'll uh, call for the highest pay. Mm-hmm. And so the better you are as a coach, the more money you can make on our app. And definitely we screen and vet every single coach that comes our way. Uh, that's one of Ken's uh, biggest, um, biggest, how do I say, points on our agenda in Palm Sports, making sure we have a good roster of coaches, a quality roster of coaches. 
And so let me just understand. So, uh, what if somebody, again, it would be great if you have a kid that's really uh, keen and, and like you, you know, found with Dalton and Tristan. But what if it's just somebody, you know, that just took up tennis and, and was is looking, can't find, doesn't know anyone that has a coach. Just if you're a casual, you don't need to be an elite athlete is what I'm saying. For Palm Sports to work, if you're just mm-hmm. looking for somebody to help you out, uh, whatever that yeah. sport is, I'm assuming Ken and, and Rishi, you can find somebody. It doesn't That's have correct. to be some famous coach. It can just be somebody in your neighborhood that can help you out. That's correct. If you're, That's correct. If you're bored of looking at the treadmill every single day at the gym, you know, for hours on end, and you want to switch things up in your life, you want to get active in a different way, in a more interesting way. Yeah. Anybody from all ages, all level of athletes, uh, all level of uh, recreational users can find coaches on any level. So it's open for everyone. Even personal trainers, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, so we're we're starting with the big five sports, you know, okay. uh, basketball, soccer, hockey, uh, mm-hmm. football, and I'm missing one, baseball, that's the one. So we're starting with the big five. And then as we grow and grow, we're going to get into all the great sports, every single coach you can think of. You know, I'm looking at this guy right here, this humble Howard, and I, <laughs> I know he'd be, a, well, I know he, not only is he a great golfer, but I know he'd be a great coach too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe you should be recruiting him. Absolutely, That's to be right. part of the stable. If you're, if you're like, looking, I, <laughs> I was going to say, mean, if, you're, if you're looking for someone to help you break ninety, maybe I can do that. What a promotional! <laughs> what a promotional vehicle! Not only can we hook you up with a coach, but it can actually be humble Howard. No, oh, yeah, that's, on, that's what that's what Palm Sports is missing. Um, so, it, I just give guys, what, Rishi and uh, Ken, what is the uh, main portal that you would like our listeners? And we have a lot of golfers, Ken and Risha. We have a lot of, you know, people that are looking fitness and for different sports. Mm-hmm. And and this sounds like a great thing for an amateur athlete who may not have access to a, a coach. Or this is a way to sort of hook an amateur up with a professional. Uh, where do you like people to go? What's your main portal? So... Our main portal is our website, palmsports.com. Just hit palmsports.com and you'll see how to sign up for our app right away. It's right and big and bold. Now, other than that, follow our platforms, our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter. And it's all under the moniker of Palm Palm Sports. So P-O-M Sports. And just look that up on any social media platform you use. Follow us. We've got links everywhere to sign up for our app. So social media or Mm palmsports.com. But on all seriousness, uh, golf must be a huge part of this because it is the one sport that people can continue to play, you know, into their later years like us, so to speak. Kenny, do you have some uh, golf uh, instructors on there? Yeah, well, no, not yet. Uh, Again, we're we're focusing on the top top Mm -hmm. sports first, and uh, there will be there'll be ping pong on there. Right. Okay. <laughs> I love that. So bocce. Mm-hmm. You got it. The, the plan is to 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 create a portal whereby anyone with any sort of uh, of sport uh, desire can go on this app and get proper training right. for whatever that sport is. That's uh, the goal. It's Palm That's Sports. P O M Sports dot com. I love uh, Rishi what it says here on the uh, landing page. Search, match, play. Uh, and uh, it really and, and you know I, I like it for a lot of reasons but it says find trainers coaches and athletes with Palm Sports so if you're a coach and you're looking to expand your roster this is a great place to go it's all done on an app uh, if you're an athlete and you're looking for 
you know, a little help with uh, whatever sport you're getting into. It's all there at POM sports.com Ken I'm, I'm really glad to we finally got a chance to talk to you it's pretty fascinating I just have a question getting back to your kids and I know you probably get sick of being asked about this but at some point you know you and again I think of the Williams sisters dad and Tiger's dad and you know Justin Thomas's father who you know coaches him on golf is it was there a point when your kids looked at you and went dad I'm in the major league so maybe you want to stop telling me <laughs> did, did they ever push back and go I think I've got it now Ken it happened yesterday uh, <laughs> does it Dalton Dalton is uh looking to do a venture and him and I and his mom went to see a property for this venture. And I started talking business with the, with the, <laughs> with the landlord. And uh, Dalton quickly said, Dad, I'm a grown-up. I can do this. I got this. So occasionally, once a dad, always a dad. Yeah, no you know, no. always in that protective mode. Uh, so occasionally, but the boys will say, Dad, I'm a man now. I'm a man now. <laughs> and I'm not cool with that. I'm cool with that. But, but, but one thing we didn't add about Palm Sports is the fact that an, an athlete can use the app to hook up with another athlete in their sport and practice with them, provided that they're in the same neighborhood or whatever. But it's a, mm-hmm. it's a matchmaking app for athletes if they want to just hook up with another guy to play basketball with, another guy to go golfing with. Oh, that's very that? interesting. That's a big deal for me. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so that's it. We're, we're leveraging this so that everything that I went through as a coach, as a father, as a as a dad that's looking to build his kids in whatever sport, I'm 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 trying to funnel that into this app wherever possible. Okay, and right. that was a big deal. And one other thing I would have to ask you: but what's it like? You know, after all that hard work and all that's involved in getting some to the major league, seeing your kid. Uh, run out onto the field for the first time as a major leaguer. That's got to be emotional. Oh, that's an understatement. I was crying. I'm bad. Yeah. Something like a, I was like, I was, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a dream come true. Uh, my goal wasn't to get the boys into the major leagues. My goal was to get the boys to be as good as they could possibly be sure. in whatever sport that they chose to play. And right. They got to the highest level in that game. Well, so, what a moment that must have been. Hey, uh, Ken and Rishi, I hope this isn't the last time we talk. Palm Sports, P-O-M sports.com. Uh, what a pleasure, man. This is There's so much potential. Uh, we see it in this. Uh, and, and again, I think there's a lot of potential with our audience uh, getting hooked up with your uh, app. Guys, we'll talk soon, I hope. Okay. And Ken. Thank you. Thank you. Ken, I don't know what you're shooting now, but I think I can get you to shoot four to six shots lower. Ask me how. I'll sign up at Palm Sports. All right, man. Take care, you two. Yeah, we'll be in touch. There's Ken Pompey and Rishi Sharma from palmsports.com. All right, guys. See you soon. I'm glad you asked him that question because that's kind of what I was heading at when, um, I asked him about, uh, you know, like more about once you've got a kid to the major leagues and you say, hey, I, that third inning play you, whatever, and the kid looks at you and goes, yeah, I, I'm actually in the major leagues now. Okay, I'm, yeah. 
I'm actually Dalton was part of the Blue Jays, I think, what, 15 or 16 there when they were making their run, uh, their playoff. What position does did Dalton play? Outfielder. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, both of them now are retired, or they're playing, or they're not playing anymore. Or? Well, I think he said Tristan's is still in the um, in the Miami Mar- uh, Marlins uh, organization, but Dalton, I think, has moved on from major leagues. Um, wait, Freddie, the, I have to tell you that, that Ken Pompey was our Gig Sky guest of the day. Yes. And if you're looking for, uh, you know, 100% peace of mind when you travel, you want to surf like a local, now you can. Gig Sky has a 100% data plan for all your, uh, you know, data needs. Gig Sky's got you covered. WhatsApp, FaceTime, Instagram, Maps, all that. I've been talking uh, this week about the Gig Sky travel rewards package offering uh, 50% cash back on over 850,000 hotels around the planet. Find out more at gigsky.com slash travel rewards. And of course, if you download the app today, you can enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for more details. You know that uh, slippery slope I was talking about? There's an example, okay? They recruit you to be a golf coach and then find out that you speed in front of high, uh, in front of uh, public schools. <laughs> That's right. Did you know that he goes... That. Did, you know, did you know that Howard went 15 kilometers faster than the speed limit in front of children? In front of a school. We can't have that. We can't have that. He's been wiped from our app. <laughs> My uh, my older brothers. Are you working? Are you doing work here? I'm trying, but I can't get my computer to work. I can't get his computer to work. But maybe after uh, the retirement chirp, of, you know, we can get Big Dave to come in because mm-hmm. he's got. Uh, well, he's super smart. Plus, he's got a perspective, you know, on the world. How's his prostate? How's is your is your prostate okay? Yeah. He says fine. Well, uh, okay. Good. Oh, you ter- he's terped. He's a su- you did terp, too. Oh, he terped. He's a terp okay. buddy. I forgot he's a terp buddy. He's a terp buddy. We went on the, we went on the terp app <laughs> and found a ter- right. <laughs> You went on the app and found a terp buddy near you just to yeah, talk yeah. terp stuff with. That's mm-hmm. cool. You should do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prostate sports. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, well, we're going we're gonna, to, yeah, we'll get Dave to come back on. It's always nice when the family visits. David and I, we're going to play golf today. But that's, uh, that's now, uh, we're going indoors because it's going to be uh, horrible. Even, uh, and we both love this game, but that's how cold it's getting. It's so cold that we're not going to play, which is the first time in all the years that David's been visiting mm-hmm. that we've been shut out. We're going to play tomorrow, but today we both were like, no, we're just, it's not worth it. I don't blame you. It's no fun. No, it isn't. It isn't. Did, did you see that picture I sent you with the snow on the ground in uh, Brampton? It's, it's, and what's today, the 27th of April? Yeah, I saw that. I didn't see it till, but just get a little closer to your mic for some reason. You've kind of gotten low. Yeah, this was just this morning in front of your place? Mm hmm. That's crazy. Did you turn me down a bit when Ken was on? I did a little bit, yeah. And I think you're oh. you're back to fine now. Okay. Um, this is your front. This isn't the. This is the cul-de-sac, right? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not it's golfing. It's not a lot, but it, enough to be you know discouraging. Well, yes, I'd say. You know, mm-hmm. Dan's whole point. You know, we were he and I were talking about the average temperature, and his point was on. You know, I think yesterday's date, the average temperature for yesterday's date was 15 yes. degrees 
but the average temperature for April traditionally is 12 degrees. And uh, we're not going to get there today. Today, it is going to be a high of, uh, you know, not very much. It's supposed to be three degrees. Feels like minus, you know, one or two. But I'll tell you, you know what warmed my cockles last night? Cockles? Mm-hmm. What? Austin Matthews scores two in a 3 nothing victory over Detroit. Hits the 60-goal mark. Nice. Again. Only like the 21st player in NHL history to hit 60. The first Maple Leaf ever to hit 60. The first player in 10 years, I think, to hit 60. So that was a big moment. And the Maple Leafs clinched second place. And then the Blue Jays down 5-2 in the bottom of the ninth. Come back to tie it and win it in extra innings. So, again, for a Toronto sports fan... A warm one, brother. I would say, and did you have any uh, wagers with our friends at Bodog? Uh, Mine self? No. I'll bet you some people want some money. Although, before you start talking about Bodog, though, I did did read something about the Blue Jays, and I I was going to ask you about it. Has it become now the thing that nobody, nobody pitches past the seventh inning? Like yes, going, it's co- yes, common in in baseball. Yeah, because there are very few complete games. Guys pitching nine innings anymore. So seven is now the new. Okay, we're done now. A lot of teams like the Blue Jays. You you try and get six, seven out of the guy, and if you get six, then you have that middle reliever come in or less than six. But if you get get seven like last night, then you have a setup man like the Blue Jays have, and then you have your stopper. All right. Uh, you know, your uh, your late inning reliever like the Jays do with Jordan, and Romano. I guess it makes sense too. Like if you're if you got a starter that's you know pitching well, you get to seven innings, you, your pitch count is up, and in uh-huh. April you want to save that person's arm. Yes. Okay, I get it. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about our friends at Bodog, and we'll just uh, then get to uh, Dan. I'm not sure if we're going to get to the news, but I do have a you know David's here. I have a question for you if you. We'll just stand by for one second. First, here's Freddie. All right. Founded in 1994, Bodog considered an industry leader, yes, providing Canadian players with a world-class sports book, a full Vegas-style casino, a thriving poker community, and a fully loaded race book. They've got it all registered and licensed, okay? Fantastic. Uh, Their casino is 100% certified. Uh, Yes, they are. Bodog is where to go for all your gaming entertainment. Oh, you're done. Hey, Dan, you remember when David uh, and one of his many wives uh, lived next to us? I I totally remember that, yeah. We were kind of like... We found the place first, right? Well, we were living there. It was a fourplex... And uh, there was two people. I, there was two different people in the front, and then you and I in the back, and then David had, and uh, I think Jennifer was it. Jennifer moved in. No, he's like, yeah, he doesn't know. He has to go through a, a file search for which wife it was. But um, <laughs> I was pretty unique, you know, in those days, living uh, next to my brother, and yeah, it was a family affair, kind of, you know. Sure. Yeah. You know, I can't remember if we all got together very much. You know. Although in those days I still smoked cigarettes, so maybe he and I were out in the back smoking our butts, you know. I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, you could smoke in the house, yeah. 
I remember that because you still we all you we still we all used to smoke in the house. Not, not me. Well, you never. Yeah, but you, did you smoke your dope in the house? Dope, dope smoking, Dan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I uh, yesterday I was popping around. And I saw an episode of I Love Lucy, so of course I stayed on it because mm. I love that show and it was funny. Both Ricky and Lucy lit up cigarettes in the scene. You know, just nonchalantly reached for cigarettes and la- you know, lit up a dart. <laughs> at the time, at the time, no one would have thought anything about that. But oh, yeah. As soon as you see it happen now, it's like, well, you wouldn't see that in any TV show now, like sitcom. And uh, and then I'm thinking, oh, that apartment would have stunk of cigarettes, and ugh, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. But again, at the time, it would have you wouldn't even have noticed it. Well, you know, they have like I I don't know what movie I was watching recently, but you know the. Uh, at the beginning, it says, you know, nudity, violence, mm-hmm. smoking. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine when we were kids that a, a show would come on and would have a warning about you're about to watch visuals of people smoking? You know who is really ignorant, too? Going back in old television? Columbo. Peter Falk. Lieutenant Columbo, wherever he went, he had that cigar going. Little sub- He'd walk stubby, right yeah. into somebody's house, walk right into <laughs> somebody's right. office, always said, hey, have you got a light? Have you got a light? A cigar, for Christ's sake. I know. Everywhere. Like some if a big, you, stinky cigar. Yeah. If you watch old newscasts, they used to, the, the news anchors used to have cigarettes on their desk smoking away. Really? Yeah. I remember Carson. Not Walter Cronkite, but some, a few of them do had, had it. At Walter Winchell, I think, used to smoke. Well, them. that's a little before my time. But do you remember seeing well, they, Carson? They would actually endorse cigarettes. Coming back from commercial, you'd see Johnny putting out his cigarette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Letterman even Letterman The like 90s Letterman Was still smoking cigars Excuse me Before his bypass Mm -hmm. And he would have that cigar Sometimes you'd see him Coming back from commercials Sort of be a little Mm -hmm. bit Of smoke around him Yeah But you think that now Like People don't even ask If they can smoke In somebody's house Because that was part Of the process right Hey do you mind If I smoke in your house Well Yes or no But now you wouldn't Even ask that question Let alone a cigar but I saw again a thing of Columbo the other day, and it's just like it doesn't—he doesn't give a shit where he is. All that matters is that cigar. Yeah. Do you have a TV from the 1960s and just shows Lucy and Columbo and Howard? You know all these. I know, you know I all know. these channels that originally were specialty channels. I know. I now know. they just run American sitcoms and dramas. That's all they do. I know. Yeah. Um, when I first met you, when you had the place on uh, the place before your place, now was it Driftwood? Yes. I remember, and this was early on, I came to have lunch with you and smoked. You, I asked you if I could smoke in your house, and you were you didn't want to say no completely, so what you let me do is stand in the sliding door there off the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I would yeah. talk to you after lunch, and I would be smoking, but half in the house, <laughs> half out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if somebody said to you, hey, is it okay if I smoke in your house? You're like, it's like asking somebody, is it okay if I yeah. punch you in the dick? No, I know. Like it's not even part of the world. No, it would be. It yeah. would be so weird yeah. if somebody. Although we smoke, uh, Dan. Come on, Dan. We smoke our dope in the kitchen. Well, yeah, you you allow that in your place. Yeah. I do. Do you allow that in your place, Dan? No. Oh no. Does no. it not stick, Howard? No. I don't. I don't think it does. I, I usually so... open. I usually open a door. I I open the sliding door and let the screen open. But I. I I smoke uh, it in the house, but I smoke, you know, it doesn't have the same smell. 
Only because that's one thing I've noticed about, you know, our new era of uh, legal uh, marijuana. It's like when I went to the Jays game a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. walking out of, of the stadium, the air was just full of it. You know, and and to me, it oh, it's just so much stronger and pungent than even cigarette smoke. And I just wonder if you have that, if you smoke that in the house, it's just so, it's just so there. It doesn't stick, eh? Like it doesn't linger. Um, when I, I'll tell you when I, I, I don't smell it, but I, it, I, Rachel says if I have hash, she finds that she can smell that. So I, that's why that's when I'll smoke it outside. But again, you know, you're not smoking it at the rate. Like, I, you know, if you right, light it, if I puff it twice in a night mm-hmm. or three mm-hmm. times in a night, it's not having the same, uh, effect daniel yes um we're about to uh, welcome the retirement sherpa to this program do you want to tease us and tell us uh, what is your top story on the news today uh you can't wear fuck you on american airlines okay is that yeah. a good enough well I like on a t-shirt or something yeah. well it's the you can't you wait and find out hey hey Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't wreck. Don't get mad at me. Yeah, he got, he's, he turned on you right away. It was mm-hmm. a he gets. You know what? Before nine o'clock, no he can patience. be a bit prickly. Yep. No patience. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had anything to eat this morning? Maybe you're hangry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had uh, I've had a little uh, little toast. You had some toast. What'd you? Have? I had uh, toast. A little bit of seed butter on it. Ooh, seed butter. Seed butter. Yeah. And, uh, banana on top of that. And how's the, uh, well, we'll find out when you come back how your Noom diet's going. I don't, I don't know if I like the sound of seed I know. I, I, I was going to say something. Listen, I stopped what? myself because the retirement Sherpa's coming on. All right. And we All can't right. start talking about, you know, seed butter. <laughs> I don't, you know, exactly. And considering Dan's hog, who knows how mud where it's coming from. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dan. Sherp. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> I wonder, you know, if... if I don't wish this upon anyone, but if Tim ever went through what you and David have gone through, he'd be the Sherp with the Terp. And the Terp Sherp. Oh, right. Well, I Maybe hope you he could be. You could be the Terp Sherpa. As wonderful as that uh, surgery is, I hope I don't. I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Uh, Tim, are you going to uh, say hi? You're going to turn your mic on? Where's the Tim? I don't see any camera yet. I just see the name. Mm hmm. Just waiting for that wonderful voice to appear. Uh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Oh, and he's back. Hang on a second. All right. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Remember the old days when we did this show in person? Yeah. Remember how weird that he would, would actually seem? drive. He would drive. <laughs> I was just thinking he would be Burlington. walking in the door. Yeah. Park his orange BMW around the corner. Does anybody go anywhere anymore? Hmm, I wonder what's happening. He's I don't not know on the road, either. is he? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I'll tell you one thing, you know, in in Rachel's world, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people having in-person meetings. I mean, they're starting to come back, but that's another thing. Just for the convenience, if you have a three o'clock meeting in downtown Toronto and you have the ability to stay in your office and just do it on right. Zoom, why would you ever choose... Howard, the fallout from COVID, you know, we've discussed that all, you know, it's going to be a tense uh, social season this summer when people, you know, people are going to be sitting around socially, you know, and the vaccine's going to come up and, you know, there's going to be some tension. Yeah. Um, 
I was reading yesterday a whole other issue that's popped up now is people having to go back to the office and with inflation the way it is. Mm -hmm. So not only are people being asked to come back to the office, but now they have to pay for a lot more, a lot more for gas, a lot more for lunches, a lot lot more more for for parking, make those lunches like stuff you wouldn't even think of. So here I was working from home, you know, my costs were down because of it. And now not only do I have to go back, but I never got a raise and my costs are through the roof. And then on top of the actual monetary adjustment is also the, you know, the the mental adjustment. Tim, are you, uh, can you hear us? I can hear you. Yes. You sound great. Uh, Now your camera's not on, but let's not worry about it. Oh, okay. So we're all good except for the camera. Well, I'm okay with that. No, yeah, you sound great. I don't know what's happening to the camera, but let's uh, welcome uh, officially one of our favorite contributors uh, for many, many years. Um, He is the man with the plan, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. And before we talk money, what about the Raptors, fellas? They were down 3 nothing. They're going to game six. And mm-hmm. I saw a sports uh, thing last night. One of the guys I follow guaranteed the Raptors going to game seven. What do you guys think? Well, you know, momentum's, uh, momentum's a crazy thing in sports, you know, and game six is back here. Why not? Why not? What do you think, uh, Nibs? Yeah, well, I, I like their chances. I, I mean, I don't watch them that often. Uh, like many others, the playoffs, you start paying attention. And yeah. I was watching that last game in Philly, and and they were doing awesome. It's hard for a Florida Gator to be cheering for Scotty Barnes, though. He went to Florida State, so mm. I'm a little torn there. Yeah, well, that, I can rookie, see how that would be. Year. Yeah, that would be an issue. We, <laughs> we didn't mention that. He was named NBA Rookie of the Year. Oh, now we've got a frozen niblet here. Scotty Burns. Scotty Burns. Scotty Burns. I'm at the... Oh, uh, there you are. I, I, can you guys hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apologies. I, I'm just at the stage where this first time I fired the computer up, I started the process over an hour ago, and Microsoft is still fighting with all of my programs for controls. So. Well, that's because you're, you're back in the uh, home office now. We are, yeah, absolutely. I've actually physically found my office in Burlington a couple times <laughs> this week, which is exciting. I like what you said, though. I'm, I'm a, you call it your northern home. I'm like, oh, look at you. Now you're, you're half and half. I love how you refer to where you're, you're living there as your northern home in Burlington, Ontario. Well, I, I, I never use the word lucky. We're super fortunate, though, of course. And, yeah, I just like to show respect to, to both sides of the border there. So sure uh, we feel at home both places. Tim, give us that quick life lessons. Well, why do you never say, why don't you say lucky, you say fortunate? Why? Uh, I, I think... Mm, not good. Yeah, not good. Um, well, part, I can I can answer for a little bit. He's such I think a, I can too, yeah. but I wanted to hear yeah. him say it. What, what's your answer to that? Well, he's just, because, you know, you make your own fortune, you make your own mm-hmm. luck. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's certainly, yep. you know, certainly grateful, as uh, mm-hmm. we are. But yeah, you know... You know, no one handed you anything. Like, you know, I, if you you've seen where I grew up in Moose Jaw, no one no one said, "Okay, here's every here's your whole life mm-hmm. in front of you." And I listen, I you and I can attest to how lucky we've been, but we also made it made our own for, you know made our own way in the world. I, I'm going to be honest with you; it's always rubbed me the wrong way when people have said, "Oh, you're so lucky you got mm-hmm. to do that." Well, I'm not. Well, you know, 
I'm hey, not listen, so sure it, it was luck. And, uh-huh. and I know Stan's quirkiness aside, when people, I'm, you know, I meet people in the park all the time. They go, oh, your dog's so, you're so lucky. So, uh, he's so well behaved. I go, that didn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. You know, that took a long time. You know, the fact that yeah. I can, you know, get him to chase a golf ball took years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know where Timmy is. Nibsy. Let me see if he's texting me. Interesting. He talks to us from Florida flawlessly. Yeah. And then he's within striking distance. Now. <laughs> no, I know. Mm-hmm. He's within driving distance now. And there's uh, obviously uh, technical problems, Internet problems, connection problems. Um, I'm just going to tell him, use your phone. He wants to uh, call in. Use your phone. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what did you call that, Freddie? Is that irony? Is that what called irony? Is that what irony is? Yeah. Irony. Um, okay. Well, we want to let's, let's get Tim and let's get right as soon as he's back. I, I, the only reason I mentioned the Raptors is because he he put it on the end of his email. But I I was watching something last night before I went to bed, and uh, it it goes to uh, I love this part about what I love about sports the most is they're down three nothing. Everyone's writing them off. Shaquille O'Neal says they're going to be swept. And they just win one game. And it, it, it's not just, it's, 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 what I love is the combination of they won a game. So now their opponents are thinking, wait a second, I thought we were going to sweep this. And you just hit on it. Momentum in sports is so cool. It just changes everything. You know what? The tra- tra- tragic is the wrong word. Frustrating part of this. You know how close they came to winning game three, the first one in Toronto? That was the one where they missed three free throws. Right. In the closing minutes, if they'd have got those, they would have won that game, and they could have actually been up three two right now. Um, they should, you know that that game was real, real winnable, and uh, it got away from them. So here they are. But you know, it'll be a great story. And you know, another thing that the Leafs, I hope, look at. Yes, you know, seriously, because there's been a lot of lessons learned by the Toronto Maple Leafs by looking at the Toronto Raptors, a team that never gives up, actually won a championship, played above their heads. And look at this. If they can come back from a 3 nothing deficit and win that series, the Leafs are in the same building. Mm-hmm. Take notice, fellas. <clears throat> and uh, I think I can't remember if you were saying this or somebody was saying this prior to this, uh, that it's never happened. It's never happened in NBA history that a team has come back from 3 nothing. But that doesn't mean anything because it has to happen once. And why not happen now? Absolutely. And uh, Timmy, can you hear us? I can hear you just fine, my friends. Apologies again. No, listen, man. You never. You don't. You don't have to apologize. It is I and Fred. Uh, let's talk about uh, what matters to. I love what you've sent us today. The idea that you know part of uh, a financial advisor or someone like you, a Sherpa, is uh, your part of your guidance is to find out what matters to a client. You know, it's like you know you you want to find out what what is important to people. Right. So in the good old days, when I was selling shoes at Foot Locker uh, forever ago, you know, we always talked about features and benefits, right? So, yes, your insurance this or TFSA that or whatever is a feature, so to speak, with that lingo. But what are the what are the benefits? What what matters to you, right? And that that's different for all of us. But a, a good plan should really kick in on that be being fortunate and i gave a great answer i hope you caught that one um you know to have the two places that's super important to us it's not to a lot of other people right, right. so it, it just depends what money's all about options what options are important to you mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I get, you know, and are these are decisions that have to be made relatively early, too, are they not, Tim? Well, you, you need to know the caveisms uh, in here somewhere, and beginning with the end in mind is always a good one, right? So, uh, yeah, the, the more you're certain, whether it's, say, an early retirement, Fred, as an example, or, or creating a legacy, having uh, experiences, those are, you know, the really important part about what your investment should be planned to achieve for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's something for all of us to think about. Uh, you know, and again, the whole, uh, at what point do you plan? Because it it creeps up on us all so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first... When we first start our retirement plans, we don't really, we're not in the mindset of uh, thinking about when we're actually going to use it because it just seems so far in the distance. And then you turn around one day and bang, there it is. How, how are you going to utilize it? Well, and longevity is a really big thing, too, right? I mean, we all have different bloodlines, so to speak, and uh, different lifestyles. So if you're of the belief that you might not make it too deep into your 80s and or not be able to enjoy them that much, that, that's got to factor into things uh, for you as well. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that uh, yesterday. Uh, the world's oldest or one of the world's oldest person uh, people died i think at 119 or something and we made that comment like man what was it like for their uh, portfolio manager <laughs> that's <laughs> right it's like wow well, listen i got bad news for you good news is you're gonna live for another 20 years bad news is you're gonna you've outlived your money <laughs> it's like yeah it's like hey we set this thing up for 85 not 120 well, you know, not facetiously, we say to people, I, I mean, that's one of the most important things to know. Yes. To, to track things properly for it. If you're living to 119, you might need a little higher growth percentage on your uh, <laughs> money. That, that's for sure. And, and then again, you know, I touched on it now with the world opening back up a little bit, people being comfortable traveling again. Uh, how many more years are you going to be able to travel? You right. might want to front load some stuff uh, sooner than later um yes, all I great question and, and i love the fact that it's not just you know the tim's approach isn't just dollars and cents it's things that make sense to help preserve your dollars use that if you want sherpa um tim.niblet at raymondjames.ca create a relationship uh, with this man and he'll guide you through these uh, rocky times that uh, will give you a smoother ride uh, in your retirement years. Timmy, um, thanks very much for popping back in. And um, are there any final thoughts as we still have some audio from you? Yeah, we'll definitely go Raptors Go as mentioned in the email, and we touched on that a bit before. Oh, and he's gone. All right, well. Yeah, not a good connection today. It is weird and ironic or whatever, as you say. Like, mm-hmm. we all winter long, he was that line from uh, Florida was pristine. Mm-hmm. And he's literally a 25 minute drive from here. All right. Um, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, I got another show to do in an hour. So, Dave, um, we'll have you on uh, maybe tomorrow. Are you going to still be here? Okay. And, uh, well, you know, he's going to be 70 in June. It's you never know, you know. Can he hear the show while he's sitting there? Yeah, yeah he can hear us because he I got hear, speakers can, in there. Oh, he can hear what uh, the other, uh, like I'm saying and the guests are saying? 
Oh, good. Yes. Why did you want to say something? No, no, no. I was just wondering because yeah. he's been sitting there for the whole show and I'm hoping and I was thinking, oh, I hope he hears more than the show than just you. Not that that would be a bad thing. Well, no, you can hear Fred, you, right? but yeah, no, and, and he's only been sitting here for about 20 minutes because, you know, uh, he's, okay. he's, he's on Calgary time or his ex-wife Randy used to call it Calgary. <laughs> Are we going to Calgary? No, I said, yeah, when we get there, don't call it Calgary. <laughs> How about that? Uh, where are we at? Are you um, so you've done everything you need to do uh, before Dan's yes. news? I would like to uh, you know take a second and acknowledge these fine folks. Mute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, let me look here. Somebody uh, just sent me a note on Facebook. Our friend Dave Little, uh, regular contributor, says, uh, Morning, Howard. I smoke in the kitchen with my head over the stove and use the exhaust fan. Uh, great technique. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> no way. I've done it. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I know. And uh, I did get a note from Rudra Reese in baseball. I might uh, take advantage of that. Who are they playing uh, this weekend? Houston Astros. Yeah, I wouldn't mind popping in there for a, a Friday night game. That might be fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Why not? Yeah, but David will be gone. Maybe see if Rachel wants to go to a baseball game. Why not? You know, I like the ambience just sitting there. Is it going to be... So on a, on a Houston Astros Friday night, would that be... Up? Would, that, would they sell that out or no? Uh, I bet you it would be over 40. Really? So pretty packed uh, house. Because these midweek, midweek games are getting like 25, which is pretty good. Do you remember when it first opened, though? Every game oh, yeah. was 55,000 people. 81 home games with yep. 50,000 people. They drew over 4 million. Yeah, I remember Just that. Just crazy. Did you ever, in those early days of our, you know, working together back in Toronto, Dan, did you ever head down to the Dome? Was um, Just for the, I don't know, the technological wonder of it all? Oh, yeah. I was there for a few of those games and, you know, nothing notable. Went mm-hmm. to a game here and there. Yeah. I remember Dan. being there, doing something on the PA system. I introduced something or other. It's really weird because of the delay mm-hmm. coming back to you. From the Dan, do you remember time. you and I, when they were building the what is now the Scotiabank Arena, we went down one day and met with Tom and, and Selmy, mm-hmm. and he showed us around while it was being constructed. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how we know we knew Tom and Selmy or one no. of our connections? No. Not, I think he not. dated Lumby's sister. Oh, okay. Maybe that was it. Right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I think he dated Lisa back in the day because I think Tom is from out west as well. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, uh, Tom Anselmi was uh, one of the sort of architects of that. Yeah. He was sort of like the MLSE development guy yeah, yeah. or something. Then he went to work for the Ottawa Senators. I don't know where he is now, though, but Dan and I were down there with big boots on and construction helmets, and he showed us around. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big structure, well, so well, seeing how that goes together is just fascinating. You know, again, Rudra is messaging me. He said he was actually at the game where the team broke the 4 million attendance mark. But I, mm-hmm. in those days, 
for you historians, the, the parking lot was filled with yellow school buses because people just came from all over the province just to see the structure. Mm-hmm. And you were considered especially lucky if you were there on a night when that the roof was open because to see the roof opening and closing people just mm-hmm. came to the forget the baseball that they drew mm-hmm. crowds just for the uh, phenomenon of it and it just so happened that the teams were good then too it was a perfect storm there because the team got yeah. good in the mid 80s it came close to winning in the late 80s and then the dome opened in 89 well, I believe the year they uh, it opened in 89, I think they won the division in 89, and they won it again in 91, and 92, and 93. But 85, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that their first division? Wasn't that their first sort of, whatever they won in 85, that was kind of the beginning. Yes, they won the American League East. Thank you. And went on to play the Kansas City Royals in the American League Championship when it was just the two division winners. That was all the playoffs were. That was it, the division winners, and it was Kansas City against the uh, Jays. I actually traveled to Kansas City for that series on the sports. As a reporter, fun doing the sports. Reporter, reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite. Well, I'm gonna. We've told it before. I'm gonna tell it again. Maybe Lumbee should tell it. How he got so mad when St. Louis Cardinals lost uh, the series. He was working in Winnipeg. Uh He got so mad he couldn't go to work the next day. Just I, and by the way, if you're if you've never heard this story, honestly, this guy was doing mornings in a major market city in Canada, mm-hmm. and he called our he called our friend who put you know, our boss at the time, but not, at the time it was Lumby's boss. And, uh, he said, "I can't come in tomorrow." He's like, "Okay, yeah." And too distraught. Louis? St. Louis Cardinals was Lumby's favorite team. I like. Like, you see, even being your favorite team, but that detached, like the city of St. Louis means that much to you. That <laughs> yes. I wonder how he took the uh, the death of uh, Guy Lafleur. Well, you know, he's a Hab fan, but he's not, a, you know, he's not broadcasting anymore. Maybe he took the day off of drumming, whatever he, is, yeah. <laughs> what he does all day. <laughs> he his all right, here we yeah. go, people. It's time for this. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, lake hopping. From one to another, soon it'll be Dan Duran live from the trailer. But first, here he is uh, for one of the last times from Lake Chemon. You can't... Oh, sorry. Now. You you can't wear pants with fuck you on them on American Airlines. An attractive, famous South Korean DJ, DJ Soda, her real name is Wang Sohee, said that she boarded a flight. So this is after ticketing and after the gate and seated in her seat. She got kicked off because the onboard staff said, no, you can't wear those pants. You're off. Uh, There was a half hour flight delay. They finally relented after she uh, had left the plane, removed her pants in front of check-in staff, uh, turned them inside out and was allowed to reboard after very much pleading. The black sweatpants had the words, fuck, fuck you and fucking 
printed mm. all over, which uh, she said were sponsored by the clothing brand Rip and Dip, which are available online for 119 bucks. by the way, if you need them. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm sort of torn. Like, you know, lots of people wear lots of stuff that might, may or may not be offensive, but I guess maybe do they have a policy on that airline about overtly, por- you know, not pornographic, but... Uh, Bad words. Bad words. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) I forgot the word for bad words. Swearing. uh, No, profanity is the word that I no longer have access to. Yeah. uh, Right. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't have the American airline people did not respond to this article. uh, So they don't they don't really know or we don't really know if there's an actual policy policy. But, you know, I guess if you take it, if somebody in the company takes offense at some level, I guess they uh, they have the right to do that. Mm hmm. Uh, affecting other people's opinion of the flight, perhaps, is their concern. Um, my perspective, I don't even care about the company. What kind of a fucking pea brain idiot are you to wear sweatpants onto a an airplane with fuck, fuck me, fuck you, fucking, fucking? Seriously. You know, kid, people could be getting onto that flight with kids and whatever. Like, I mean, you really had to wear those pants in that situation? I thought you were. I don't even care if there's a rule. Who does that? Yeah, I thought you were going to stop and say, "I'm just offended by people who wear sweatpants on a plane." That seems. (laughs) Um, You know, when I was down on Panama City Beach, Florida, too, there was a few guys driving around in their jeeps with big flags that said "Fuck Joe Biden." No, I know. And a couple of times, there's this place. It's called the Pier something, and it's a main drag where people go. Little families walk and get ice cream cones and stuff. And those guys are driving right through there with these flags that say "Fuck Joe Biden." And I'm thinking, you know, that's all you need to know about these people. Like, who does that? You know where you're driving. There's families and people that might be offended by that. Listen, I've seen kids at Trump rallies with their parents and wearing T-shirts and flags that say, fuck Joe Biden. And and these flags in Florida, they didn't. It wasn't F with an asterisk. No, I know. It was fuck. And, uh. And again, like, so what's her what's her deal? This chick is she mad? Like, she thinks she should be able to wear the fuck sweatpants. So she was taken off the plane. Is that what happened, Dan? I'm sorry, it was long. Yeah, her complaint was is that she got all the way onto the plane and seated, and then uh, the flight was delayed. And she uh, actually she offered to change, but they weren't they didn't allow her originally to do it. And then they sort of uh, relented after her uh, pleading, and she was uh, going I don't know from one like New York to L.A. or something Mm. like that, trying to uh, with a big meeting at the end of the flight or something. So. Just an idiot. Dan, do you have any other stories uh, that you might favor us with? Uh, while well, we, yes. Uh, uh, hang on. Dan has other stories. Now, here they are. Transitional music. Transitional music. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, sticking with the airline theme, uh, Cawthorn's gun collection is down a gun. Mattis and Cawthorn, he's that Republican congressman from North Carolina. Last week, he uh, there was a, he was in the news for a pic of him wearing lingerie. Uh, he was a guy who uh, said he was invited to Republican orgies. You know that guy? Yes, he's, he's one of the yes. firebrands. Well, he's fine so, fella. Yeah. It, so but he was, he's also the one in the wheelchair, I think. He is the yes, one in the wheelchair, wheelchair guy. Yeah, and he was caught trying to go through security with a loaded gun at uh, Charlotte Douglas International Airport. Hmm. Now, if you think, "Oh, this is old news," it's not because he has uh, been—he's uh, had a, a, a firearm, <laughs> a loaded firearm, confiscated before. This is his second offense going through uh, airport security with a loaded weapon. Yeah. 
you'd think, oh. You'd think somebody in Congress would know that. Do you maybe not be able to do that at an airport? You can't. You have to take your shoes off at an airport, but he's thinking, I'll just take my fucking gun through security. <laughs> they won't find he, this. He should be free to do that. And, and you know what, Fred? His... Somebody elected him. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're taking away his freedom to take a gun. Freedom. 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 And, I, and I, you know what? And I want to reposition my thing on the first story. Of course, they took her freedom away to wear fuck pants. I should have, I should have thought of that. Why are, you, why are you against people's freedom? Yes. You know what you they are? They took you're, away her freedom to wear the fuck pants. You're the, the, you're, of course. The, of course she has a point. You're yes. the Chris guy of fuck pants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you're the moderator, <laughs> moderator of clothing airline. Yeah, yeah. Can I wear a Jesus. Yeah, mask? we're now we're now going to mm-hmm. get a convoy going to protest <laughs> yes. that we can't wear fuck pants on planes. Mm-hmm. Yes, what this is, thievery of people's freedoms. I'm forgetting it's getting out of hand. Fuck I want to wear fuck pants. I want to take yeah. a gun in my pants. In fact, mm-hmm. I want to write. I want to wrap my mm-hmm. p- the gun in the fuck pants. <laughs> um, One hundred nineteen bucks for the fuck pants, though. <laughs> if you ever wondered uh, if we're, you know, if it's hyperbole that we say that a lot of the right wing agenda is against, basically, they don't, they want to eliminate brown people. <laughs> and uh, if you think that's overstating it, here's mm-hmm. a tweet from uh, a Michigan Senate candidate. This is actually in the state closest to us to the West there. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy in a speech saying, can't even watch a college basketball tournament without commercials telling me I have to feel guilty because I think a family should be a white mom, a white dad, and white kids. That's a real thing said by an actual human being running for a seat in the Senate. I should feel guilty because I think a family should be a white mom, a white dad, and white kids. And he also went on to say, I think I should stuff a gun in my fuck bag. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, I've, and again, there, you're going to hear more about it in the upcoming weeks, this new blue party. Yes. In Ontario. Love those guys. That just scumbags. They just are because, you know, you can scratch below the surface. You can see what they're all about. Yesterday, part of their platform yesterday, they threw out election fraud here in Ontario. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Way. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there, it's just the Trump playbook, right? And it, it's just playing to Ontario's low life. You just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the woman, her and her husband, they lead the the party, whatever. You know, heartily endorsed by Richard Serrett, of, of course, and, you know, and Ezra Levant and all these guys. Yeah. Um, but they threw that out there yesterday that uh, they've uh, put forward a motion in the Ontario legislature, or they will, to, you know, you know clamp down on election fraud in Ontario. Well, because that's so again, been such an just, issue for so long here. It has here, yeah. you know. Right. Terrible. So they just take that term term right and that feeds the simpletons in this yeah. province it's just so obvious and so blatant it's sickening i'll tell you if one of those fuckers shows up at my door what are you gonna I'll do tell you are you gonna get out there with your fuck pants no i'm gonna escort them right to the end of my driveway and say get the fuck off my property oh i thought so you meant uh, oh, like an actual tennis. politician i thought you were talking about one of the uh, idiots no yeah let's no see. no one, one, you know when they can't because they'll yeah, start they, canvassing yeah. pretty soon right yes yeah, I can't wait. I'd love for them to knock on this door. I would tell them a thing or two. <laughs> fuckers, oh, yeah, fuckers, yeah, yeah. you fuckers, come on in here. Oh, I tell you, fucking mm-hmm. Popeye will get to fucking, fucking, uh, fuck you. 
Hey, that's a pretty good impersonation. <laughs> yeah, why do so many? <laughs> Sounds like Papa. Uh, yeah. Papa. That's why I said, I'll get you. Oh, you fucking blue bastards. I'll fucking give you. Oh, you probably fucking hate Jews, too. I get you. Come on in here. You want to talk to a Jew? I'll show you a Jew, you fucker. Um, all right. I got to go uh, now because I have to do the other thing. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, thank you for your service. All right. Uh, we'll big show tomorrow. tomorrow. Actually, uh, we don't have a guest for tomorrow, but Big Dave will be here. Dave's got perspective. He acts a, had a, you know, he's very smart, my brother. And then sometimes when he's talking, I'm like, I don't, I feel sometimes when Dave is speaking to me that he's giving me too much credit for understanding almost anything he says. Like he's <laughs> honestly, it's true. Like he was sending me some stuff last night. I'm like, I want to interrupt and ask a question, but if I do, he's going to know that I'm stupid. So I just <laughs> nod. Um, one of the things I think David can talk to is the psychology which is, of course, his field of study. But just, you know, like, how did we get here? He had some great stuff to talk about, you know, the, the idea that the Russian you know, psyche uh, feels differently about things because they've, because historically the Russian psyche feels differently about everything and we may right. not be able to relate to it. Was that similar? Is that, okay, I got that part. Okay, good. Well, and you know, it's no guest Thursday tomorrow, so there will be room for him. This is what I'm saying. It's no guest mm-hmm. Thursday, but our actual guest will be, mm-hmm. you know, master psychologist and uh, mm-hmm. amateur golf nerd. I'm telling you, you think I love the game. Like, dude gets off the airplane. Literally, we drove from, I picked him up at Pearson. Literally, from Pearson to a driving range. That's how much this guy loves golf, you know. Uh, in the meantime, here's a man that loves, well, just everything. He's just you, you never hear Dan say a bad word about anything or anybody because he just loves. Dan is the original love everybody. Everybody should just love everybody. And everybody loves Dan. All right, Daniel. This episode of Humble with Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chamber's Plan, Bodog, and Health Gauge. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen tomorrow for more from the No Fuck Pants Zone. Like and subscribe. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's Here's what I'm going to plan to do. Uh, I'm going to do Swing Thoughts with Tim. Um, Guys, I'm just going to be right back. Mm.